0: Following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello and welcome to the second Kingry commentary. This is uh, co-director James Tyler.
0: This is director and writer for this episode, Seth Adamshire. Hello.
1: And it probably needs to be said up front, Seth, that How this is going that? to be your last episode directing with the Kingery.
0: That's correct. This is the, the last production effort I will do on the show. I'm still going to be around. I'm still on the, uh, the story council uh, for next year. I'm going to be writing uh, two episodes slated for next year, so I'll still be here in text only, though.
1: Right, you're passing off directing duties to some Yahoo
0: Some know-nothing, Yahoo. Get it right, get it
1: right. (laughs) All right. Well, and I just wanted to say that I thought it was very fitting that um, we got to do one of your episodes um, as your last
0: one to direct. I thought there was a a certain good symmetry to that. So
1: um, you can actually give sort of a dual perspective on this episode, I guess, because you are... sort of wrote it and then heard how it was acted out by about half the actors and then sort of put it together. Was that sort of a surreal experience? or
0: um, It wasn't as as surreal as, as I guess some okay? people would think. I, I'm so used to, at this point, um, I'm used to hearing all of the actors perform in their roles that I kind of, even for the parts that I didn't put together, I kind of heard them, I could hear them when I was reading the script anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only, the only real... Uh, surprise I, I would say or a constant that I wasn't aware of is how you would put, in, put them together as opposed oh. to how I'm used to putting them together um, right. and that was actually a, a fun part for me
1: mm-hmm. Well, and we've definitely talked about sort of, especially in the master mix, how to um, sort of incorporate the different musics. And you gave me a right. lot of pointers there that I really appreciated. So I'm,
0: I'm hoping I was clear. <laughs> I was clear on that. I, I wasn't sure. I'm not too sure. Sort of putting into into words how I how I hear the show in my head when I'm putting it together. You know, there's well, the, a certain way.
1: A lot of the things that we talked about are sort of ephemeral things that you know. Sort of one of the major things you said that I thought was interesting was figuring out a way to like fade out music, then just letting it stop at a certain point. And those are the kinds of things that you only really get from listening and messing with it and kind of playing right. with it to a certain point.
0: Right. And um, like as as with the first scene here with the church music coming into this scene, I think you served it well um, with bringing it in as the the previously section was going out. If you care to wait, it seemed to fold well, at least to my ears.
1: Well, thank you. It's, um, and again, um, I have to thank David so much for this excellent, excellent music. Um,
0: yes. Last,
1: last, um, month I, I said that uh, he always gives us such a broad swath of things to work with and I didn't even know that we had organ music in our I actually for- toys.
0: I so. had actually forgotten that he had written this. I, I When um, I was starting to work on the on this scene, I had emailed him again um, saying, um, could you put together some like church organ music? And he responded with, um, well, you know, this piece I <laughs> gave to you a little while ago. And I was like, duh. So, <laughs> So, um you tend to forget even you know after the fact he he gives so much music that sometimes you just tend to forget that he did do a style that you may be looking for.
1: Right, exactly. And there's just absolutely everything. I mean, when I'm when I did this master mix and was listening to all the music, I just found like three or four songs that I absolutely fell in love with that I didn't even remember hearing before.
0: Yeah, I um, haven't used all of all of what he sent me. I haven't used uh, maybe half of it. Mhm. I mean, there are good there are good chunks of some of the, the the tracks that I have used. There are part there are large portions that haven't been heard yet, simply because I'd use only like a piece here and there. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the other thing is a lot of them are really long pieces of music. Like this organ piece, which is called um, "Slow Glass," is <laughs> exceptionally long, like surprisingly so when I first listened to it. And
0: and that's so only one part of it. I believe he wrote like at least two other movements to this piece. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely amazing! Just blows me away. and makes me jealous as a musician.
0: And a uh, good acting chops here with um, Jane Parrish and uh, and Andrew Eckhart as as Regina and and Roberts Roberts Betty, respectively. Mm-hmm. It's um. This
1: is one of the scenes that you mixed, um, mm-hmm. and it is um, is probably my favorite to listen to when it kind of came in, because it has such a great atmosphere to it. Oh, thank you. As far as, you know, just sort of the different sound effects in the background that aren't, you know, the normal kingery sound effects that we get. <laughs> like, the baby crying is my favorite. It's just sort of this totally almost alien noise in this environment that we just kind of...
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know about you, but any um, type of church scene or, or or church sequence that I've seen in a television show or a film, somebody is always holding a baby, and a baby is almost always crying. So I had to. That, that was a trademark
1: you felt needed. Yeah, I, I just recognized. thought it,
0: I mean, it is a church scene, so you know, have to have the crying baby, and then over, on the other spectrum, I have somebody coughing. Mm-hmm. Um, respect. At uh, it's respectable, not like, uh, like you know, throwing up right. or something. But just, you know, a, a tasteful little... Huh.
1: <laughs> it, no, it definitely fits the mood, and I think that the atmosphere of it is spot on. So congratulations on that. See, it's these kinds of great moments that we're going to miss with
0: you being gone. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you'll be able to create great moments, as you have in this episode. I'm sure that will continue. Thanks and as they walk out the music comes up Mm.
1: absolutely perfect I can't imagine
0: anything better for this scene (laughs) and here we have your first scene Mm -hmm. in this episode yeah, all
1: my scenes in this episode happened in and around Arkell's office, which is great for me because I finally got to work with um, the wonderful uh, recordings of Pete, which oh yeah, just floor me every time I hear him do anything. And so
0: he and uh, and Perry Whittle as Hooks, they they're both uh, incredible, incredible character actors, mm-hmm. and they always send multiple, multiple. I think more than most multiple takes.
1: Right. Well, and it's obvious that they put a lot of thought into sort of how they perform. Those two, I mean, everyone, I feel bad because it's like trying to pick <laughs> my favorite child almost. But everyone yeah. on the show does such a great job. But those two especially go above and beyond the Call of Duty as far as sort of well, performing. In terms, of,
0: in terms of, of cast members, I believe that those are the two largest cast members, really. Uh, they have more of a, of the wealth of material. I not to not to knock anybody else, especially you know people like Michael McCaskill as Adam Shepard who does a wonderful wonderful job, and he is a primary cast member. Um, and Jane Parrish as Regina, and 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 Sue as Julie, and Cat as as Titia. I believe they're all really primary characters, but more often than not, we're focusing in on the guy who runs the place and the newbie.
1: Right, and I think that's a great dichotomy because I think that. You could almost argue... I mean, I know that for our Pendy Awards, nominate, you know... <laughs> uh, Pete Milan, please, please. It's absolutely crucial that he get a nomination, I think. Oh,
0: absolutely. But um,
1: I think that that... You could really make an argument that it's just as much a hook story as it is Arkell's
0: in oh, yeah. a lot of these
1: episodes.
0: Uh, in, in a lot of ways, I think um, the show is structured around um opposite ends of the spectrum. We see the guy who's running the place and the guy who's just coming in in charge of the plumbing of the place. Right.
1: With the smallest of absolute <coughs> powers. Like, yeah. I mean, he has his, you know, at this point in the story, one-person crew. Mm-hmm who's an emotional wreck, and then you have the guy who runs uh, absolutely everything. Right. And sort of that split is just really interesting to me, and why I was such a big fan of the show before even getting to direct
0: it. So, Damn it. How long am I going to wait? And that should be enough to
1: cover your requirements. And I like
0: the slight... The slight camera switch, uh, I guess, is a good term for it. Um, usually, when I do, when I did um, the Arkell scenes in his office, they would be his his, his um, the the layout of the office would be his his uh, desk would be sort of over on the right somewhere, and people coming in um, his doorway would be on the extreme left. But here, it's it's more centralized. You're getting almost like the camera is walking behind them, um, right? Type of aspect, and I really like that.
1: And it's funny because, hopefully, this is clear from listening to it and they don't have to listen to a commentary to get this, but we talked, actually, when we were going through the rough cut of this and doing a lot of what I would call experimental camera work with the episode itself Right. Um, and sort of moving around with the scene, which, you know... Is tricky to convey, but I hope that I did a good job at least with my Arkell scenes and sort of moving the camera around while the scenes going on.
0: I think you did a really good job. I, I I have to say this is this is one of those shows that I specifically wanted to have a bit more of a of a a larger feel to it, a larger canvas to it, so that the in certain scenes you can maybe make a familiar feel, but then you could change it up after uh, a few episodes wherein like with Arkell's office we're getting a different vantage point um so i think it's a really good idea to keep experimenting with that and nice outro music there Thank you.
1: Is this the first episode? I remember listening to it. I think this is the first time. Is this the first time we learned uh, Jawbone's real name?
0: Um actually that was done um a few episodes before. I think that might have been in um, In uh, an episode or two before that. Okay.
1: Well I just I, I was wondering and I was like, I don't remember if I heard that before. So
0: You know there you what? Know. This is uh, this is this is a really bad thing for me to say, but I've been working so much um on uh, other things that I've completely <laughs> forgotten if this is the episode where we learn Jawbone's actual name and not the name he goes by. Um, right. I think it may have been an episode or two previous or like the fourth episode, um, but it may be this episode, and I just may be talking out my butt. Dear
1: research fans, tell us
0: if we're wrong. I really feel bad as the as the, the showrunner for getting... All these, these various various things and almost relearning them as I hear the show now. Right. <laughs> uh drunk proc. Oh that's right. And here you may notice, um, especially not not just with this scene but in the scene um after this with proc. Um I made it so that as he's drinking his his accent, for want of a better term, gets thicker. As with so many people. In life,
1: (laughs) and I think that it it walks that line very carefully of being uh, distorted without being completely mis um, understandable.
0: Yeah. That was my idea to just make him like totally unsober, but still mostly intelligible. At least I hope I I hope I didn't go over that line. Maybe Hooks will be the one to hit the ball.
1: Well, I told you this when I first got
0: the scene. I was like, is something up with
1: hooks Did we or uh, proc? Did we screw up somehow? Oh, <laughs> uh, There's something
0: up with everybody on this show. Nobody fair is, fair is untouched. But we have to give, of course, major, major, major <laughs> kudos to James Rossi, who turned in an unbelievable performance uh, as, as drunk proc. It's almost a second character, a drunk, uh, regular proc and drunk proc. <laughs> If
1: only we had more time with Drunk Proc. <laughs> and I think that we both agreed that that was
0: perfect whorehouse uh, music. Oh, absolutely. I think that was, that was spot on right there for shenanigans, definitely. no one catches me with my pants down and gets away with it <laughs> <certain> well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything i'm not saying anything no spoilers here nothing yeah. right right
1: nothing to be told move mm-hmm. along
0: not grounds for restitution yeah well it should be but i think i'll do you one better what you're going to offer them mm-hmm.
1: yourself nope
0: i'm going to talk to uh I have nothing to say about this scene except that it's a really good scene, and both actors should be commended with for for sounding though they're you know miles and miles and miles apart from each other for sounding like they are existing in the same room
1: and working off of each other I mean listening to it is one like listening to this final product is one thing, but I mean listening to these guys' takes and just sort of absorbing what they're. Offering me, it is right. absolutely amazing listening to them and being like these people weren't in the same room. Yeah, and I think that it that is really speaks to the strength of both of their performances. Chip Joel, another person who deserves all the kudos in the world.
0: Mm. I agree. Good, uh, good filter on there for a telephone. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Pete, for hanging up on on Julie or er, right. <laughs> Arkel not Pete, Arkel. <laughs> I noticed there are, a lot, there are a lot of doors in this episode. A lot of doors opening. A lot, a of, lot doors of people storming cleaned. in and out. Yeah, I noticed that while I was reading it. Um, it's a good interruption episode. <laughs> <laughs> people <laughs> it's people are constantly. Busy, it's a busy day in Arkell's
1: office. What can I say?
0: Well, not just there, but you know, people are coming in uh, to right, that's true. the maintenance office. People are interrupting uh, Hooks, as you'll hear later. Um, <laughs> there, there's constant interruption, not just to our call. Uh, uh, never seems to be able to get to work done until someone else
1: is, you know, bitching out him to do something else.
0: His his repair list is probably a mile long by this oh, point. Mm-hmm.
1: And the cops are
0: involved, of course. Didn't do to your and once again, we have a
1: um, guest spot by a uh, oh. cameo star, Arkell's radio. <laughs> I decided to incorporate that into this scene um, and sort of hope to keep
0: that tradition alive as we go forward. I felt it's always a good mood enhancer um, to, have, to have him listening to the radio. Um, and that music uh, adds to the scene, not just as the radio, but as also as background music to the scene itself. Mm-hmm.
1: I will say, I mean, I have to cop to not making um, extremely adventurous music choices in this particular episode, but I think that everything's spot on, and um, hopefully, I won't use these same themes too much. But I do love all the music that's in this episode.
0: Um I know that that David is is busy with a number of other projects but hopefully he will be able to continue to add more music to the repertoire for the Kingry. Knock on wood. Hope so. You listening Dave?
1: <laughs> we have this thing called season 2 coming up fairly soon so fucking calling me that. That's that's a bit of an improv there.
0: Alicia Mathis. Not
1: all of it, but the fucking was definitely not in the script. But once I heard it, I was like this is has to go in. Well, did you find where she got this?
0: This thing? was fun to write. Oh, this scene between husband and wife when they're both really coming to the point in their their relationship where things are really just starting to fall apart. Um, but they're trying to, to hold on to things as they are. You know, hold on to the status quo.
1: Well, and just have sort of that total lack of communication because on right. the surface, this is a really funny scene because, I mean, drug
0: proc is just funny. But the underlying but really- point is that, you know, their daughter is missing and neither one of them can figure out what to do about it. Right. And they can't
1: get together
0: on it. Right, exactly, which which is something I wanted to show. Right. Even briefly. The fact that this family is fracturing in more ways than one, and it's going to, it's not going to get better. Not for a while. You... Isn't it done yet? I'm sorry. This is uh, guest star MJ Cogburn. Who runs the Quantum Leap Quantum Realities radio program? Who was uh, kind enough to ask me to uh, voice a, a bit part in her in her wonderful stories? Um, I thought what a, a good idea it would be to invite her to do a bit part in one of our stories, um, and she graciously accepted. The the the, the woman who runs the, uh, the the little spring bar here. you stupid piece of sub stupid <laughs> <laughs> this this line of of hooks where he was swearing at the at the, the work he was doing, was actually like three different lines that I incorporated together. No malfunctioning refrigerators, no bad pipes, no messy wiring. He does a lot of fake swear, a lot of good almost swearing. Right. Very little does. The,
1: with the tone, it's obvious that he. if it was anyone else, he'd be swearing, but... Oh, yeah.
0: But, but looks he sucks. looks Very technical. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I... A lot of people just short on 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 their leashes in this episode. Everyone's almost about to crack. Mm-hmm. You can feel the tension building.
1: And I think that this is sort of the beginning of the final act of this season. Yes. Um, definitely with ten coming up. I'm in. I'm waist deep in ten right now, and that there you can definitely tell that things are coming to a point and not, not hip
0: deep but waist deep ooh that's even farther right on yeah yes way <laughs> in there <gasps> what Did you know? Can we and Perry just gasps way too well figuring <laughs> out what <laughs> happened Roberts you're Roberts I mean Roberts Roberts this is his body but not him on the inside
1: You've met him? Well, yeah, sort of. And one of the things, I was actually talking to um, Jeffrey recently, and one thing that I think is great about this show is that <laughs> everything up body is now? through um, really? till now has almost all been sort of a reaction to what happened in the first episode. Oh, yeah. And sort of that continuous energy is what really interests me as far as the story goes, is that it sort of... All well,
0: uh, the first and the second episode, really. That's where the, the first two. Right.
1: I mean, and what I have said is that it all sort of stems from when Roberts is shot. Like that's sort of the single I mean, moment that creates right all these ripples that affects all these people in different ways. Yep.
0: It's from just one thing to me. From one small central point, everything just rippled. It, so mm-hmm. That was the pebble in the pond. Now
1: leave me alone. And so, for longtime listeners, having All right. Hooks meet All right. the All right. body of Roberts is a really important moment. And so, it's kind of the payoff from you know really the first episode is when, right, Hooks talked to the real
0: Roberts and the right the only time Hooks talked to the real Roberts, right. right definitely not worth 1805 years. my last reference to Ghostbusters <laughs> in this episode. there were a few others but that was my favorite one <laughs> and I thought it would be great um, actually um, Jeffrey um, talked me into switching a couple of the scenes around if I remember correctly so that this part that line would be the end line and I thought that was a great choice
1: it's a great way uh, a great place to sort of end the episode,
0: and my last directorial job. Yes, thank you. You're, you're very, very welcome. Much. Thank you. Featuring the voice
1: of. I um, have to say that um, between um, Jeffrey sort of teaching me the basics and you teaching me the specifics of Kingery, I've come a long way in this sort of
0: audio directing. Thing. In, in, in a very short time, you've come a tremendous way. Well, thank you very much. It's something
1: that I was really looking forward to, and I'm far more passionate about it than I even thought I would be.
0: So <laughs> it's interesting how that develops, huh? Mm-hmm. It'll get you. It'll yeah, get
1: you. I absolutely love it. So thank you so much for teaching me all the tricks.
0: You are most welcome. anytime And. You have my I.M. address, so feel free to ask any questions you may. Right, I'm sure in I'll be sending you
1: questions about filters and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I don't uh, know anything hey. about them, but any other questions you have? Oh, I
1: see. <laughs> All right. Well, again,
0: thank you very much. And You're very welcome. And thank you
1: for oh, well.
0: agreeing to take over this, this wonderful serial in the Pendant Productions collection.
1: As I said before, my absolute favorite show, so it's an honor, if anything.
0: And I believe the show is in good hands. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.